2: Ron and The genius that put the starter in when he did the transmission left probably an eighth of an inch or more gap at one end of the start. The Car Doctor. Put the starter in. Why doesn't it fit? It fit for me. As soon as I took the two bolts out, which was the hardest part. Welcome to the radio home
0: of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in.
2: The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls at
0: 855-560-9900. And now, there is no way that this winter is ever going to end. As long as this groundhog keeps seeing his shadow, he's got to be stopped. Here's Ronnie. Hmm. Seems like I've done
2: this before. Oh wait, that is Groundhog Day. It, K-Seal in the Saturn. Sounds like a name of a monster movie from 1958, right? But it's a true story, it really happened this week in the shop, and I wanted to share it with you because it's a real-life example of, of, of what goes on. And and it's not just, yes, Casey will fix the car, and we'll talk about it in a second, but the drama, the stuff that happens behind the scenes that you don't see and the decisions you have to make as a mechanic and a shop owner to keep the customer happy because that's part of what you're supposed to do, right? Fix the car and keep everybody happy at the same time. An 05 Saturn came in, and you know, if it was on fire, you wouldn't put it out because you'd be probably doing the owner of the car and the environment a, a, a service to get this one off the road because it's just it's just tired. It's just a tired car. Uh, you know, I've come to the conclusion 35, 40 years ago, and let's say it's longer than that. What am I saying? I'm dating myself. 50 years ago when I was in the gas station, eh, somewhere around there. The worst car in the world that you would ever want to see was an AMC, because it always had some guy smoking a pipe with a little bit of a beard, and he was an engineer that had retired, and I can tell you what's wrong with my AMC. All the engineers drove AMCs. I don't know why. It was just like a weird attraction to them. And you, you just kind of cringe when an American Motors product came in. You just knew the guy was going to be, you know, you know, he's going to tell you about his weird Uncle Charlie with three legs or something, and just nothing ever made any sense that came out of his mouth. They were those kind of cars. And that's kind of what happens with Saturns. All right. They're just I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't understand why Saturn people still have a Saturn. The, the company's gone 12 going on 13 years. They're obsolete. It's, you know, GM said we could get parts for you. Yeah, they can get parts for you. You got to wait three months to get anything. But, you know, it's they're done. The car has gone. It's it's a piece of American history. Just, you know, you know, recycle it. and It'll become a blender by Tuesday. I mean, it's just it's over. So this 05 Saturn comes in. It's got 150 thousand hard miles on it. I mean, this thing looks looks like John Wayne and the Seventh Cavalry took this thing to task. It's been road hard, put away wet, and it had a coolant leak. So I, you know, I drew the straw and and I'm looking at it. And yes, it's got a coolant leak. The lower radiator hose, which is original, I should point out, from night from 2005, so it's you know, 15 years old. Is seeping coolant, because it's gotten porous, where the hose meets the lower thermostat nipple, if we can say that word, on radio, um, uh, right where it's clamped. And I got to put a hose on the car. How hard could this be? It's got to be easy, right? So we found a hose, which even finding a radiator hose, you know, yeah, it's okay, but... You know, the first hose I got, I actually turned down because the first hose that I that, that came in was actually four years old by date code, and I'm just I'm just stupid like that. I can't use a four-year-old part on a car because you know, and the the hose is already getting rock hard, and and I've noticed that. You know, sometimes where the part sits in the warehouse affects its longevity. The, the hose showed up; it was sort of rock hard already. Like, you know, I, I don't want to buy a petrified hose. I want something made out of rubber. So I ordered a second hose. That showed up, and that was nice. It was only, I think it was this last year sometime, 2019. So I put the hose on, I and I looked at the old one. I took the old one off. The old one looked like it had been sitting in the bottom of the ocean. There was so much rust and crud on the inside. It was just, it looked like a sewer drain pipe. It really did. It was crazy. Okay. I put the hose on. I put some coolant in it, which... You know, the coolant screaming while I'm pouring it in. I I hear the coolant going, we're really not going to protect this car. There's nothing we can do for this car. Just take us, put water in the car. Let the water freeze, crack the block, and let the guy junk the car. You don't want to spend money and put coolant in this car. It's not worth it. But got to do the job right. So I put put coolant in the car. Let the car warm up. The fan cycles. We burp air. I let it sit overnight. I burp air. It's great. No more leaks. Everything's good. Customer couldn't pick it up that day. So he said, hang on to it one more day. He says, you know, I appreciate the way you're doing, you know, giving a TLC. And I said, sure, you know, that's part of what we're supposed to do. Um, You know, and just I'll come by it sometime the next day and and pick it up. So I, I, okay. You know, you have to read the universe, all right? It's kind of like when you're driving down the road and you see the rabbit run out in front of the car. If you're smart, you'll slow down a little bit because sometimes something's chasing the rabbit and you're going to hit it. All right, and then you end up with a big dent in your car, and and you know you're you're having you're having wolf for dinner. So, I started to slow down that day, and I started thinking about it. Why do I still have this car? This car's fixed. It's it's a hose. I should get rid of this car. This car should go. You know what? I'm going to start it in the morning and just see what happens. And I pulled it up behind one of the doors, and I started. Now, before when I ran it and pressure tested it the drip was on the driver's side didn't have a drip on the driver's side the drip was on the passenger side after 10 minutes all of a sudden drip 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 and i'm looking and i'm like wait a minute didn't we fix this i go out and i lift the hood and i should point out this young man and this is part of the reason why i'm still working on this car you know he's he's struggling in life. This is his only means of transportation. He's trying to get back and forth to work. He's trying to improve himself, and now I got to tell him he needs a radiator. He needs to put a radiator in this car. That I've got a pen in my pocket that's worth more money than this radio than this car. Never mind the radiator, right? K Seal to the rescue, and and this is ex- this isn't where you always use K Seal, but this is one of the real feel good, you know, home run. You know, the reason why K-Seal exists in my mind, episodes, poured in a bottle of K-Seal, followed the directions, took out some of the coolant, which the coolant was going, oh, thank God, we're rescued, and poured in a bottle of K-Seal and started the car up, ran it. Ten minutes later, the leak stopped. Done. More info at k You know, what do you do? Do you call the guy up and say, hey, you need a radiator? You know, a radiator. The average radiator is what two two fifty an hour, two hours labor. A radiator is five hundred dollars today on just about everything, and that's on something simple. All right, wait wait till you get to the cars. uh, I don't know. Go look at the video on the Facebook page where I put we put the radiator in the Toyota Sienna. The thing looks like you know it looks like we're assembling the Queen Mary. We took it apart down to nothing and had to put it all back together, all the nuts and bolts. You know, the point becomes that. And I guess I guess this is part of, of, of just caring about people, because at the end of the day, I think that's what we're supposed to do. You know, part of the job of a mechanic I've come to learn over the over the time period is, you know, we have to mentor the next generation, especially a younger person. And I explained it to Mike uh, was his name. I, I explained it to Mike. Hey, Mike, here's what happened. Here's what I did. But, you know, I can't tell you the longevity of the car, not because of the cooling system repair, but because of the rust That was in the cooling system because of the creaks and the moans and the groans. And there's nothing unsafe about the car. But at some point, reliability is going to be compromised. And at some point, he's going to be dressed up in his best business suit, getting ready to go to a job interview. And he's going to be late. And it's going to it's going to, you know, as silly as it sounds, you know, it's like the dip in the road. Right. The little things count. The little things count cars are a lifestyle. They really are. And you've just got to be prepared that if that lifestyle gets bumped, that you're ready to take that dip and deal with the problem. So uh, just hopefully there's a bottle of case seal around the corner for you. True story. You know, what do you do with that? Felt good though, to see that car go, you know, the best part of that job with the taillights leaving the shop. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming back right after this.
3: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
4: Little GTO,
5: you really looking fine. three deuces and a four speed
6: need advice on how to maintain that classic gto ron is the guy 855-560-9900 here's ron let's get over to elliot in texas 12 chevy silverado elliot thank you for calling the car
2: doctor how can i help
5: Hi, thank you for taking my call you're welcome uh, sir to have a, have a uh, 2012 silverado 1500 uh four-wheel drive with a 5.3 liter engine in it um have about ninety, almost ninety eight
2: thousand miles on it. Okay, that's kind of like, uh, that's, that's kind of like a Texas Cadillac, isn't it? Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, right. Yes, it, sir. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what's cool. And you know what? The neat thing about Texas is it's so darn big. Um, you you could have a couple of those and nobody would notice. So um, yeah, that's er- right. Everything's bigger in Texas, brother. So um, yes, sir. So so 100,000 miles, and uh, what's going on with it? Um,
5: it's starting to idle. Uh, somewhat rough. Um, it was pretty sporadic at first, and I would say in the last 5,000 miles or so, it's gotten more consistent to where um, it's idling right now, and the closer that needle gets to 500 RPMs, the rougher it idles.
2: Okay. Um, do you have any sort of a scan tool?
5: Um, I do not.
2: Okay. The reason I ask that is, is just it's it's a, it's a good graphic demonstration to, you know, after we do what we're going to do here, to, to just watch the numbers to see if there's a change, and it also, you know, it, it's if the doctor told you to start losing weight, you'd get on the scale first and then go on the diet, right? And yeah, that's and right. You know, just to see how much you're losing. So one of the biggest key parameters for those of you out there that have a scan tool, and maybe Elliot will go grab one after this, is I like looking at fuel trim. Fuel trim to me is is just you know every day I go to sleep at night when I say my prayers and thank the big guy for everything. I, I always give him a PS for fuel trim because it just tells me a lot. Uh, fuel trim is a measurement. It, it, it takes us back to the, the high school geometry and, 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 and algebra days with the timeline, with the, with the number line and zero. Zero is a balanced fuel mixture and you know the positive numbers is adding fuel and the negative numbers are taking away fuel. So the modern automobile, anything in the last 25 years with with fuel trim parameters like this, you know, we'll typically see a short-term number somewhere between, you know, at idle, if we're going to judge it, you know, zero plus or minus 5%, 7%, and long-term, roughly the same. Where we get into trouble, where we start to set fault codes, is when total combined fuel trim on the average car today exceeds 25%. It's a It's a fair number. Some cars are a little tighter window, but for the most part, that's them. What, what I'd like you to do as far as maintenance at this point, maintenance and for the rough idle, is first go through and do all the fluids. Not that that's going to help the rough idle, but it's just part of maintenance. So the rule is if it's wet, change it. Brake, coolant, trans, diffs, you know, you name it. Transfer case, if it hasn't been done and it hasn't been done recently, now's the moment. All right? And then as far as the engine, obviously I'm going to tell you spark plugs are a great place to start. Um, spark plugs do last a good, long time in the modern vehicle, and they really do. They, they, they last so long sometimes we forget to change them. Uh, you know, I see cars out there with 180, 200,000 miles on original plugs but I usually see those cars somewhere along the way also have some sort of an issue that could have been prevented or they're suffering in fuel economy or idle or something. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's sort of like smoking past the age of 18. They say, it's not good for you, but we keep doing it. And you know, somewhere along the way we pay the price. Um, so what I really want to see, and the other reason I want to scan tool is because what I really want to see is, is it a rough idle? by human sensation is elliot just getting a sense of a rough idol and it's not as smooth as it once was or is there something pending in the way of a fault code that's about to kick up its head right okay you know this is the old story about you've gotten sick once or twice in your life elliot yeah, and, anytime, yes, yeah, you know, and you, you you wake up on Monday, as I suspect many people will wake up this Monday and they'll be sick. And I can't go to work today. And, y- you know, Monday you sort of feel crummy and your back, your throat's a little scratchy, but it's not really a sore throat. It's not really a cold yet. But by Wednesday, the alarm goes off, your check engine light's lit, and you're going sick, sick, sick. Same thing. You know, it's do you do you have the beginnings of something? Although I will say this. You did say for the last five thousand miles, it's been getting rougher.
5: Uh, maybe not rougher, but just more consistently having a rough idle. Okay. Uh, initially, it was just very sporadic.
6: Okay.
2: Uh,
5: but now it's definitely it's more consistent.
2: You know, the, the the modern car is so darn smart. If if it had a fault as of yesterday, it would have picked it up and turned the light on today. So there's not there's not many scenarios where we're going to go 5,000 miles as it gradually gets. It just doesn't take that long. You know, the, the, the computer will see it as a fault or not usually very quickly, and they run very tight parameters on a lot of things simply because they're worried about emissions and, you know, whether or not the car is going to be in compliance and pollute the air. So if it's wet, change it. If you know, if it hasn't been done in a while, rotate the tires, take a look at the brakes, look over the suspension, kick some of the Texas dust out of it. And then the thing I want you to pay the most attention to is fuel system maintenance. Some form of a fuel okay. some form of a fuel system cleaning. All right. Uh we use it all the time in the shop. If you get out to BerrymanProducts.com, take a look at the stuff from Berryman. They're pouring in solutions. Their oil rejuvenators they've got a top end engine cleaner that we're having great success with uh filling cylinders with with and then doing uh carbon cleaning cranking it over slow filling the cylinder opening the valves if 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 this was a GDI engine which I don't think this is in 12 uh so I think an old-fashioned carbon cleaning will help but 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 carbon's the enemy and it it starts showing up on cars early as 20,000 miles I've seen I've seen uh pictures and videos and Scope snapshots. So, you know, you want to take a look at that. Last thing, and this is this goes back to the first part of the conversation where I said, is, is this something Elliot is sensing or is it real? Um, Is it real? Do I have a motor mount that's getting a little rock hard and the vehicle doesn't have that? You know, the rubber's a little tired. It's eight years old. It's Texas heat, right? I'm sure it's hot where you are in Texas most of the year. Is it? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, you know, all that has an effect on rubber. And, you know, a, a, an engine mount, besides trying to keep the engine attached to the frame, it's there to insulate the the passenger compartment from the vibrations of the engine. So, you know, you, you, you start to look at that stuff, too. Never, never rule that out. Okay. All right? Um, all right. And then if you have, if you have a, a shop that's up to date, just because it's 100,000 miles, we want to do some maintenance, it wouldn't hurt if you go out to, let me think for a second, um, is it VinCal? No, it's, uh, I'll have to look it up, and I'll, I'll put it up on air. I think it's VinCal.com, where you can take your VIN, uh, plug it in, it's a GM website, and it will tell you what, if any, software updates the vehicle's do for. Okay. All right, and you know any sort of maintenance on the large order, you know, hundred thousand miles, like you're doing here, ninety thousand miles, has to include the possibility of software updates. Just, just, just very important. It's just like servicing and tuning up your your, your home computer. Uh, software updates become a big part of it. Do that, Elliot. You got any questions? You give us a call back. By the way, you can find all those Berriman products at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. And I know you have tons of those down there, Texas, where you can get out online and find them at OReillyAuto.com. All right, kiddo, you take good care. I'm Martin and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Stick around. Welcome back. We're on the name of the Car Doctor. Now, I, I I just want to tell everybody I didn't do this, but you know, we talk a lot about technology here on the Car Doctor, and as a result of some technology changes, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the the, the chief cook and uh, head engineer for the Car Doctor Radio Show explain this. Tom, what's going
6: on? Um, well, we are changing uh, podcast providers. Well, we know
2: why that's, we're doing that, because...
6: Yeah, we were having having problems over the last couple of weeks with five-hour versions of The Car Doctor showing up as a podcast, which uh, they were not able to rectify, so we've changed providers. Right. Uh, the unfortunate part of that uh, is that our live stream will be going away.
2: Yeah, as of today. I think today's the last day for the yeah, live today
6: stream. Yeah, today'll be the last day, and then bye-bye after the show.
2: But the people that are streaming that you know and when we looked at it the number isn't huge it's not a huge number that, that no, actually it's about 44
6: 45 people
2: yeah it's so. not it's not because the affiliation has gotten so much better over the last eight years that those people that stream will then have the ability they can just podcast it right yeah, after the show the
6: podcast we usually have the podcast up oh we get off the air at four o'clock eastern they're usually up by four thirty five give or take so right. it's not like forever I right. mean they're they're right there right. so um right and um we think that the podcast delivery will be a lot better
2: right well yeah so. d- definitely judging by the new by the new platform and uh, talking with them and their help people were right there and you know did the whole thing behind the scenes very slickly but uh, and again we apologize listen we're we're sorry the stream's going away but you know we've got to do what we think is best for the majority, and and, and try and keep moving ourselves forward because that's at, at the end of the day, like auto repair, this is a business, and we have to make some business decisions that just lead us to this point. Right, and
6: the, and if you know if we had if we had several hundred people listening on the stream, that'd be another story, and it would make a business case to go ahead and and come up with a live another live streaming service. Right, but it unfortunately it, doesn't. Right. I, and like you said, it's a business. You know, well, and you know, the backstory,
2: uh, can I tell everybody the backstory where the live stream came from? Sure. So the backstory is, and it's, it's, it's kind of cute in a way. Um, we really created the live stream for my mom. Right. Um, she couldn't understand because we we lived in New York at the time. The, there wasn't an affiliate that carried the show. So I went out and I bought my mother an internet radio, which she didn't understand what that was to at her age at that point. This is going back. She's gone now a year or so. And um, we created the stream. This was eight years ago. So we put up on the stream. So now all she'd have to do is, right? And this is why I think, you know, it's, it's going to be hard for this current, the older generation. But mom understood it. She could get up to a radio. She walk over to the radio, push the button, and there I was. And to her, I was on radio. And she, she understood that. And that just, that made mom happy. So um, unfortunately, it's, it's we're going to take mom's stream away.
6: Yeah, well, we tried uh, an experiment when we when we started that and we actually were we hosting it here at the studio and the problem with that is anybody who's dealt who's dealt with computers or it work knows that you're now inviting people in through your firewall right and that could be a recipe for disaster and then of course that affects the bandwidth and and we actually get to the satellite uplink over the internet right and right. we weighed all this and said yeah it's right now it's what, when we when we had the ability to actually go to a server and just have one stream going out to the server, secure connection, that was great, and that's unfortunately going away. But at some point, we may bring it back. We you may. never know.
2: And we may, and we'll, yes. and we'll consider it. But we just want everybody to know, we're, we know we're talking about this and kind of beating it to death, but we want, you know what, it wasn't, it's not for any other reason other than, from a business perspective and because technology is changing and because the podcast provider changed, that the stream is going to go away effective today. But you can still take the show via podcast and... Uh, you know, pretty soon you might have it on an affiliate in your backyard if it's not there yet because the, uh, the, the affiliates are just growing leaps and the, bounds. The
6: nice thing about the change of the podcasting, it's pretty much transparent to all of our listeners. Right. Nobody will notice it. And, right. You, you, you know. don't have to reset anything. Right.
2: Just so. keep doing what you're doing. So, okay. Thanks, Tom. Let's uh, let's get back to the business at hand. Let's go over and talk to Joseph in Kansas. Kansas. Whew. You get tired talking up here on radio some days. 98 Mercury Sable. What's the update here, Joseph?
4: Well, uh... Found out it was the fuel pump and the fuel tank rusting from the inside out.
2: So it clogged it up?
4: Yep. <sighs> Pretty much.
2: I had that happen. Gosh, it's got to be. I haven't thought about Ernie Klashka and his Volvo in a long time. But my one of my very first customers over 35 years ago brought me an 81, 82 Volvo station wagon. Remember the old square body Volvo station wagons, the 240s? Oh, I love those things. Those Ernie. things were tanked. Oh, yeah. I You know, Ernie was the local plumber here in town, and he, you know, had the car. He ran it around for a while, his wife and kids, and then they let it sit, and it sat for the better part of two years. And he parked it empty. I remember this. He parked it empty because he didn't want the fuel to go bad. And then right. He, and then he filled it up, and the car ran okay for a couple of days, and and then it just died, and it got, it got towed into the shop. And I looked at it, and I, I kind of went through it. And part of the problem was the fuel injection units on that car. That was an early Volvo fuel injection unit, mechanical fuel injection. They had. If so,
4: I remember right, those had the Bosch.
2: Yeah, the Bosch KJetronic stuff. Um, I believe it was KJetronic. I think that was the name for it, or was it CISE? But regardless, and it just had so many filters on it. They were so dirt-sensitive. So I, I cracked open the line up at the front, took a fuel sample. The fuel was clean. Uh, you know it, it had good pressure. Okay, I started looking elsewhere. Why won't this car run? Well, long story short, at, at the end of the day, I said, well, it's got pressure and then I, this is where I learned that this is where I learned the power of volume and take a fuel sample right at the tank. So I went past the connection in the front. I went to the midpoint. It was starting to get a little schmutzy. I went right to the tank. And I got solid rust-colored fuel out of the bottom of the tank, and I went, "Wow!" I took, I we drained it all out, pulled the tank down. The entire inside layer of the tank was rusted because it was a steel fuel tank in those days, and and you know it needed. And you know what? Unbelievably, he 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 fixed it. He he put a. We I remember we put a new fuel tank in it. We flushed the system, cleaned it up. I think we had a change. Uh, some component of the fuel system that was that was bad. I think the distribution block up front, and um, the car ran another four or five years. It was crazy.
4: So when you were talking about the podcast things. I I know I'm getting off onto a tangent here, but is it still going to be available on iHeart?
2: Yep, absolutely. None of that's changed. Okay, none of cool. that's none of that's changed. We did everything behind the scenes, uh, you know, so that you guys wouldn't see it. Uh, you know, and we didn't want to do it. You know, we didn't want to go through the mechanics of it, per se, because it's a pain in the neck. It's a lot of work. And uh, the, the fact is, the, the provider we were using, and this started, if everybody out there is podcasting, this started three weeks ago, four weeks ago. You started getting five-hour podcasts. They were taking the live stream and archiving it. So we did our due diligence. We emailed them, hey, how do we get this to stop? You know, how do we get this to change? We didn't do anything. It just happened all by itself. And lo and behold, we never heard from anybody. And then we finally, then we finally heard from somebody and it was our fault. We were doing something wrong. We're like, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't, we went to bed one night and woke up the next day and it was doing this and they were going to look for a higher authority. I think they're still looking because, um, we still never heard back from them. We only heard from them once, maybe twice. And it was funny yesterday. They actually sent me out a survey. The robot sent out a survey, wanting to know how satisfied I was with customer service. Well, let me tell you, come Monday, somebody's not going to be happy um, because that wasn't right. a very that wasn't a very popular review. Trust me. Um, you know, it's listen. It, it, the backside of the business of radio is no different than the backside of the business of auto repair. You got to make people yeah. happy. You've you've you know. Someone once said to me, how do I manage to be so calm and deliberate and, and you know, try and just speak to everybody and not lose my cool with some of the questions that come in and, and some of the comments? And, you know, part of my answer is really centered around the fact that if people knew what they were doing, they wouldn't be calling me. And uh, I'm supposed to be able to explain it. I have to be, you know, somebody's got to be the voice in the wilderness, and you know, some people just you know just want another set of ideas. How it's it's not for a lack of knowledge or you know or ignorance. It's some people just don't. Right. Know. They're just looking for answers. You got to be calm. You got to help people. That's what it's about. Same thing with the podcast business. You got to be calm. You got to help people. You just can't mm-hmm. ignore it and, and expect people to turn around. So the um, funny
4: part was our mechanic said that the fuel pump had just. It looked like it was brand new, basically, in the sable. Right. And he said, well, we're just going to swap everything, you know, make it easier, maybe make it run a little bit better. Because every time my little brother tried to turn the wheel, he, it acted like it was going to die out pretty much. Well. It's all on his end. You know, new
2: doesn't mean good, right? So even if that fuel pump in the Sable was new, where did it come from and whose brand and, and and things like that? I heard a very horrifying, scary story this week from a listener. They were telling me they had repaired the vehicle. They had purchased parts on Amazon. It was name brand stuff. It came in that name brand box. It looked like a name brand component, and it it, it lasted a couple of days. So they got another one from Amazon. They went through the same thing. They it didn't even work this time out of the box. They called up the manufacturer. The manufacturer said no, the stuff is good. Da da da. It should work. They went down to the local parts house, got that same part, same brand, and put it in, and it worked fine. And when they sent that box back to the manufacturer, the manufacturer reported back to them that it was a bogus. You know, it was an offshore clone made to look like, I'm not going to mention uh, brand names, but it was made to look like that brand, even though it wasn't. So uh, parts is parts is a big issue. So um really is. eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The Car Doctor's coming back. Thanks, Yosef. We'll see you soon. Back, we're on the end of the car doctor. Hey, Ron, we're going to do a quick piece of email. I watched your video on the huge job to replace the alternator on the Toyota Sienna, and it prompted me to write you this from Steven. Um, yeah, I tell you what, that video up on Facebook is still getting some looks, and it's out on YouTube. Is it out on YouTube? I think it is. I recently replaced, maybe not. I recently replaced my radiator, my 2011 Jeep Wrangler. Boy, if I got a Jeep Wrangler story for you, that's next hour. I had to take off the front end to access everything. There were dozens of clips, nuts, bolts, shields, etc. Easily two dozen parts after I got everything apart. I was ready to install the radiator. I stood there scratching my head, all these parts of my bench, and essentially a clean slate to start from. I panicked a little, fearing I would not remember where every piece went. I eventually got it back together, but I literally had to sleep on it overnight and referenced some YouTube videos to find a home for every single nut bolt and plastic retaining clip. In one of your past episodes, you talked about the importance of having a repeatable process. I'm curious as to what you've implemented at your shop so that your technicians have no parts left over at the end of the job. Is there a process that you can recommend for the weekend warriors like myself, Steve? Yeah, You know, Steve, I'll tell you what, one of the greatest things to establish a repeatable process, I find, is your cell phone, right? Pictures with your cell phone. Just take pictures along the way, and uh, you know what, I've taken pictures where I've got my, you know, I'll I'll be pointing three fingers at three bolts like, you know, these, and referencing in my mind, yeah, there's something critical about those, or, uh, you know, I'll take a note and write it on a piece of paper, and you know, that stuff. So your camera, your cell phone is a camera because it's just a, a great device or a video where I'll talk to myself or I'll text myself a message. Hey, remember when you take the three bolts out of the Jeep that uh, the they all go along the left side of the fender well, not the upper inner corner, something like that. And then a parts tray. You got to have a parts tray. I've got, and they're out there from various manufacturers and various brands. Mac makes them, Snap-on makes them. Where I'll buy the bigger parts tray and I take a black magic marker that's you know not uh, a permanent, but you you can wipe it off. And you know i'll I'll carve up the parts tray like a sirloin steak or like you know when you see the pictures of how they carve up a cow like this is sirloin this is flank and so on so you know uh, the the tray is what eight by eight by ten or eight by eight and i'll just make it you know you know radiator bolts and then draw some more lines and then crossover bolts and you know draw some lines and then this bolt first and, and and so on and then when i'm done and i've got no bolts left over then i will just you know take some carb clean and just you know, or break clean and just wipe the permanent marker and away it goes. And I've got another kind of like a dry erase board set up and, you know, that works really well. And yeah. And then, you know what, looking at a YouTube picture, which is basically the picture I took, um, that doesn't hurt either. The problem with repair information is it doesn't go into the detail to the minutia level that you need sometimes. And, and sometimes that picture of what you're taking apart to put it back together Makes all the difference in the world in, A, getting it done fast, on time, and not having parts piles left over. Ron doesn't have parts piles left over. He doesn't like that. So, uh, but great question. I, I I appreciate it, and I feel your pain. I feel your growth, brother. Hang in there. Keep going. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this.
3: just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
2: Some days in auto repair, it's just, it just goes like this. I was reading the Mitchell one real fix Sure track fix of the week this week and they start off by talking about you've got a car at your shop that you've that you've sold to a customer but you can't deliver because it, it won't pass state inspection because of em, emissions you've you've tried everything you can think of so now you ask your fellow technicians for help and that's what SureTrack did right and they go on and they talk about it and it was a conversation about why we can't get the monitors on this car to run and this is the power of having you know somebody to ask somebody to talk to, somebody that, you know, why does this happen? And it turned out that the reason it won't pass inspection is because the O2 and the EVAP emissions, or the EVAP monitors, won't, won't complete. And what they ended up doing was, at that point, they had done some diagnostic steps, they had, you know, worked on uh, the EVAP vent solenoid, they changed the O2 heater, they changed some parts, and they still didn't get any, any a- anywhere. The car still didn't, in, didn't pass. Um, It was all in how they were they were doing and running the monitors because monitors as you hear me talk about monitors are the self-tests That the computer goes through when it's when it's you know Started up like every car goes through a monitor or self-test. It's like you you get up in the morning There's some musts right you must have your coffee You must be left alone for five minutes or maybe not you must you know shower and shave or maybe not But you get the idea it's rules and regulations not you mikey so uh, cars have to run monitors. It turned out that the fix for this was parking the car nose out, letting it sit overnight, and then getting out, immediately driving the car at a set speed for four miles because that's how the monitor had to run. And following specific rules and regulations to get the monitor run is what's got that vehicle to pass more information like this out at mitchell1.com there's sure track fixes uh, real fixes sure do a great job I'm Ron Any the Car Doctor reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive they're priceless, see ya
0: it's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road